whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Amen? Even our faith. Okay? Let's also look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57. I'm so impressed with you all. You've gotten so proficient with your, with your devices. Everybody just zip right to their device and rip open their scriptures. <laughs> I love it. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57 says, are you there? But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you there? Okay, let's read it together. Ready, go. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So what is that saying about the victory? We have it. Amen? It's been provided for. It's been provided for us. And when we were sharing last time, we talked about how to live a victorious Christian life. How that the, the victory has been, been prepared for us. It's been set aside through Jesus Christ. How do we walk in it? And, and the victory was not just made possible for us through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but the victory was delivered to us through the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. Through the what? The lifestyle of Jesus Christ. Meaning what? Jesus showed us how to live a, vic a life of victory by the way he lived his life. Did he live his life in victory? How often did he have victory in his life? Every day he had victory in his life. And he lived that life in victory for a reason. And his reason for living that life in victory was so that we could know, know how to get the victory in our lives every day. How many days? Every day. Every day. And, this, and, and, he, and despite the fact that he was living the life of victory, Stuff came against him. Did things come against Jesus while he was living? Things came against Jesus while he was living this life. How often did things come against him? Often. How often did things come against him? Almost every day. See, y'all thought Jesus was on cruise control while he was, while he was doing his ministry. He was not. Things were coming against him all the time. Every day, the Pharisees were upset. Every day, the Sadducees were upset. Every day, the unbelievers were upset. Every day, the Jews who were expecting the Messiah, didn't think he looked like a Messiah, were upset with him every day. Amen? Every day, somebody was, was coming against him. Every day, he was facing challenges. How often? Every day. 
How often are you facing challenges? Every day. So therefore, he lived his life in such a way to show us how to live a life of victory. Because victory was not just uh, dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. That was the ultimate. But he lived victory every day. So when we look at his life, we can see how can we live victory every day. Because without him, we live a different kind of life. Isn't that right? Before you met Jesus, are you the same as you were before you met Jesus? Tell the Lord, thank you. <laughs> Amen. We're not the same as we were before we met Jesus. So when Jesus comes, it's to give us something that we don't have, and it's to show us how to do something we never knew how to do before. And last time, we talked about the fact that things happen in our lives, and, and we have a natural response. What kind of response? A natural response. We have a normal response. What kind of response? A normal response to things that happen in our lives. Because before Jesus comes, we're just natural people. We're just normal people. We're just everyday people. Amen? And, and, and so when things happen in our lives, we had a natural, normal response. Like you get promoted on your, well, we talked about getting promotions. And when you get the promotion, you're like, whoopee, I got a promotion, I got a raise, I got an increase. You're telling everybody you got a promotion, you're telling everybody you got a raise, telling everybody you got an increase, celebrating how you're going to spend your raise, how you're going to take your first paycheck with the increase, and you're just going to blow the thing. Just did, I'm doing this for that. I gotta do something for me. So I'm doing something for me. So I got a raise, and so I'm taking this, this check, this mine. And build people, they can wait. You all happy, you all excited. You all, you, you done already planned out where you gonna shop, and where you going to the store, and where you gonna eat, and who you going out, and you gonna bring some people, and you gonna treat some people to some stuff, because you're celebrating your promotion. Celebrating your raise. Celebrating your increase, amen. Six months later, The promotion came with more responsibility that you didn't know was coming with it. All you knew was a fatter check. Six months later, that same joy you had when you got the promotion, something done happened to it. Something has happened to it. You know, you were all up and all that, and now you're kind of like, yeah, well, you know, uh, it, it, you know, there's more to this than I thought, you know what I'm saying? And I have to put in a little extra time. And, and you know, I like to leave at 5 o'clock on the dot. And now, you know, I'm there till 5.30, quarter to 6. And, and, and you know, uh, I, I'm not too down with that. You're down with the check. Uh, but you're not too down with this extra responsibility, you know. And, and man, uh, uh, then you start looking for, what, what else can I do? They must got another position here that don't require so much time of me because I, you know, because I got to get the happy hour or wherever the heck you think you're going right after work. So, so, so you're looking for another position. Amen. And I know some people that turned down promotions because it meant more work. So they were all happy when they got the promotion and the increase. And now it's just like, yeah, that was nice, but, you know, um, I, I, I. Maybe I need to look for some other place to work because, you know, I was all, I was all good then, but now, you know, we just kind of slide back down into being, you know, neutral and, and not happy and, and not excited. And, and when you come to church, you just, oh, yeah, Lord, I thank everybody. The preacher said, thank the Lord. Yeah, thank the Lord for my job. I do have a job. 
Thank the Lord. You know, I'm not in the street. Thank you, Lord. But something happened to that joy and that excitement, that enthusiasm, that victory that you got. Amen. And, and, and so now, now you're just kind of wondering uh, what's going to happen next. What's going to be my next thing? What's going to be the next thing that gives me a high? What's going to be the next thing that gives me great joy that I can be rejoicing over? Because what happens? The natural kicks in. The, the, the natural kicks in. Why? Because it's natural to be high, and it's natural to slide down from being high. Amen? It's, it's natural to be excited, and it's natural to cool off from being excited. Amen. We talked about getting favor. You know, you get uncommon favor when you go shopping. It's one of my favorite places to get favor. When we go shopping, you get uncommon favor. You know, and, and something that wasn't supposed to be on sale, they put it on sale just for you. Amen. So it's, it's, it's $30 less than you thought. So you get, yes, I'm getting this right now. Amen. So you got $30 extra dollars burning a hole in your pocket now while you got this great, wonderful thing you won't want it. So you got great uncommon favor. You're high as a kite. Woohoo! You calling? You texting people while you standing in the store, girl. You won't believe what just happened to me. Amen. These shoes, these shoes are killer. I got killer designer shoes. You just don't understand. I got Jimmy Choo's. Oh glory to God! I never thought I could have a pair of Jimmy Choo's, and now I got them. And I'm and I'm styling and profiling in my Jimmy Choo's. They hurt, but it's all right because. Because this is my dream come true. I got uncommon favor. I went in, they, they put these on clearance just for me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You got uncommon favor. Amen? Amen. And, and after a while, you know, you don't wore them shoes two or three times. They didn't hurt your feet so bad. You can't even hardly see straight. And you, you're, like, you're like, oh, you done cooled off now. Amen. Why? Because, because, because we're natural people and we just slide back into being neutral. Yeah, these are, yeah them Jimmy Choo's, they in the closet somewhere. Where are your Jimmy Choo's, girl? Why didn't you wear them out tonight? Girl, if they hurt your feet like they hurt my feet, you leave them in the closet too. So now it was all, you, you had the Jimmy Choo high, and now, you know, you, you just like, yeah, Jimmy Choo, whatever. You know, I, I, wear them I wear them shoes when I don't have to stand up. I wear those shoes when I can just sit down and look cute. So you done gone from being high as a kite to all excited, and now you done slid back to no, you done slid back into neutral. Amen. You got the desire of your heart. It was a desire of your heart. The Lord blessed you. He gave you favor. And now it's like, um, well, that was nice. That was really good. That was, I thank you, Lord. I got that. I, you, you did that for me. Um, and and um, but see, I seen these new, they came out with the new ones and I wonder if I can get some favor for the new ones, Lord. You know, why? Because we, we function in the natural. Amen. All of that's called what kind of life? Normal, normal life. And before, before Christ came into their lives, the disciples lived normal lives. Amen. Filled with normal experiences. They were natural people, just like we were before Jesus came into our lives. They believed in God because they were Jews. The, the disciples were what? They were Jews. And Jesus was a what, too? He was a Jew, too, right? And they were, they were believing for the Messiah, but they didn't know the Messiah was coming looking like Jesus, right? So they were just living natural life and, and, and doing their normal thing. Uh, they were business people, making money, 
hiring people, firing people, amen, walking in the blessing of Abraham that was on their Jewish lives, amen. Do you know the Jewish people have a blessing on their lives? That's, amen. So they were living in that blessing, and they were comfortable with it. So comfortable that sometimes they would forget God. They'd be all high when he part the Red Sea and bring them over, and then when they get over to the promised land, it's like, well, this land is promised, but, you know, you know where's my house at? Where's my car? Why I got to eat this food? I, I, where's my steak? Where, I, I want to go to Ruth Chris. Where, what, what's up with this right here? We got to kill a calf. What? So they slid back into to natural and normal before Jesus came into their lives. But when Jesus came, he was not normal. Was he? He was not a normal person. First of all, how was he born? How was he born? Supernaturally. He had a virgin birth. What is that? Y'all looking at me crazy. What, what is that? <laughs> His mama had a baby without having contact with a man. Right? Is that normal? No. And I'm talking about no in vitro, in the test tube, in the little petri dish and all that. I'm talking about supernatural. Amen? So he had a supernatural, amen, conception created Jesus. Amen? And he was born, and that's how he came into the world. So he was not normal. He was not natural either. He was born by a miracle. And he lived every day by great faith. He lived every day by great faith to teach us how to live every day by great faith. He could have just come into the world and been born and the next day been grown and, amen, and then stood up somewhere and said, I'm the son of God, I've come to save you, and uh, tomorrow, you know, I'm going to die, and three days I'm going to get up, and y'all all, all going to be saved. Did y'all hear me now? Did y'all hear that? He could have did that. But he didn't do it. He didn't do it that way. Because his assignment was to teach us how to live this life in victory. How to live this life in victory. Amen? So he lived by great faith to show us how to live by great faith um, and a strong relationship with God. Amen? So when he was three years old, he, he reached out to the disciples, right? See, see, I'm, I'm trying to see who's listening. When he was three years old, he reached out to the disciples, right? No, he did not reach out to no disciple when he was three years old. Who'd you reach out to when you were three years old? Your daddy, right? Your mama. That's it, right? Amen. So no, he, he reached out to his disciples once he was released to step into his ministry. Amen. When was that? This is not the right answer. This right here, that's not the answer. How, when was that? Christian people. When he was 30 years old, right? Right? When he was 30 years old, he started his ministry, and he began to reach out to get disciples. He reached out to them, and he reached out to them supernaturally. What does that mean? 
that means he reached out to them in such a way and made such an impression on them, touched them in such a way that something happened to them. Because sometimes when we read, this, when we read our Bibles and it says Jesus encountered, you know, uh, James and his brother and he reached out and he touched Andrew and all these people and then it says, and they followed him. Like the next sentence says, and they followed him. Uh, but last time we talked about the fact that if you meet somebody and you encounter somebody um, for the first time and they say, follow me, how many of you just get up and walk off and follow them? None of us do that, do we? Well, guess what? The disciples before Jesus were natural people Normal people, amen, smart people, and natural, even normal, smart people don't just jump up and walk off and follow somebody. Something has to happen. So Jesus connected with them, and something supernatural happened. So when we read the scripture, we read about that, that day when the disciples decided to follow. But something happened before that day came that they decided to follow. What do you think happened before that? The same thing that happens to people that you witness to. The same thing that happens when you connect with people and share your testimony, share your experience of Jesus with them. They heard him, they met him, they encountered him, they said, hey, what's up? Right? That's what happened before they decided to follow. And then they had to see something. Perhaps they saw him coming and going. Perhaps they saw his craftsmanship as a carpenter. Perhaps they saw him interfacing with other people. Perhaps he encountered them in more than one situation, in more than one setting. Perhaps they saw him doing signs, doing wonders, and doing miracles before they got on the team. Perhaps. The Lord had already spoken to them before they met him. Because you know what? They had a calling on their lives. Say a calling. They all had a calling on their lives. That they didn't know what it was. Because had anybody ever been called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ before them? No. So perhaps they had a calling and they knew it. They knew something was on the inside of them, but they may not have known what it was. But Jesus awakened something in them. And they saw enough, heard enough, watched enough, until a day came when he went after them and they followed him. And that's what's supposed to be happening in our lives. That as you encounter people, people are watching you. Did you know that? The people you witness to, they're watching you. They're, they're, they're trying to see, are your, do your words match your lifestyle? Do your words match your behavior? Do your words match what you say when you're not at church? They're watching. They're listening. Because everybody needs Jesus, don't they? Everybody needs Jesus in their life. Sometimes they're looking for somebody who looks like Jesus. 
They're looking for somebody who looks like Jesus. Do you look like Jesus? Somebody wants, somebody's looking at you to see, do you look like Jesus? Do you look like you got something that I don't have that can benefit me? So Jesus came. He was not normal. He was not natural. He was living by great faith and a relationship with God. And he reached out to them until, say until. He reached out to them until they believed him and received him because something took place between him and the disciples after they met. Jesus had one way of functioning. They had another way of functioning. Isn't that right? Amen? They were just regular people functioning like regular people. If everything went good, they were, it was all good, right? Stuff didn't go well. They were upset, hot, fussing, cussing, carrying on. How do we know they were fussing and cussing? Because when Jesus got attacked in the garden, right, what, what, what did Peter do? He went for his blade. Didn't he go for his blade? Huh? Yeah, he going for the blade. Cut somebody. Like you cut somebody. <laughs> yes, he cut somebody. He, he was walking with Jesus, but he was still natural. He was still normal, right? And he, he, was trying, he was trying to hold it in the road. He was trying to learn how to do this discipleship thing until somebody pushed his button. And he forgot where he was and who he was with. He, Jesus is right there. <laughs> oh, no. He went straight gangster. Right? Pulled out a knife, cut somebody's ear off. <laughs> right? They were still natural and normal people. Right? Went to the court, went to the court with Jesus. Amen? And everybody said, oh, oh, you, you, Ain't that, your, ain't that your homie right there, Jesus? He inside the court. Ain't that, ain't that, your, ain't that your brother, man? He like, uh-uh, huh, who? Who? I don't, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. They're like, yeah, man, you, you, you look like a Galilee. You, you ain't from around here. You from over there in Galilee. They be like, he be like, I, no, I ain't. And the Bible says he began to cuss and to swear. He began to cuss and to swear. How long had he been with Jesus at this point when he was at the courthouse with Jesus? Three years. Three years, he's still cutting people. Three years, he's still cussing and swearing. What was Jesus, what is that in the Bible for? To show us it's a process of growing and growing and growing that we have to get to a place of crossover where the cuss goes, the swearing goes, the cutting goes. Somebody said, well, pray for me, Pastor, because I, I, ain't, I ain't quite there yet. I ain't quite there yet. The Lord knows. He's working on us all. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So Jesus had one way of functioning, they had another. And his job and mentorship in their life was to cause them to make a shift, to begin to live his way of being. Why did he want them to live his way? 
so he could bring them into a relationship with God like his relationship with God. Here they are at the end of three years in ministry training school with Jesus. They still cussing, they still swearing, they still cutting people. <laughs> but he's still trying to get them to a place where his relationship with Jesus, with the Father, their relationship with the Father is the same. Have, have they arrived yet on the day before the crucifixion? They're still not there. But they're learning. Amen? And sometimes in our walk, we get really high and uh, excited when great things happen, and then we kind of slide back to natural and neutral, just like they did. Amen? How often did the disciples did this for three years straight? while they were in ministry training school. They, they didn't have no other job. They were just with Jesus, learning how to be ministers. And it took them a long time to make the changes they needed to make. They saw amazing things. They saw signs, wonders, and miracles. But after almost everything they saw, they slid right back into natural and neutral. Because after they saw me, they'd be like, wow. Ooh. How do you do that? How come we can't do that? Amen. That's how we are when we're not here in church on Sunday. It's like, ooh. I saw something at church. I heard about pastor laying hands on the sick and they recovered. I laid hands on myself and I can't hardly stand up. Wait a minute. <laughs> Well, how, how, what's, the different, what's the gap? The gap is lifestyle, practice, living it. Amen? So they slid back to nature and normal, so do we, but the Lord is helping us. Amen? Amen. So, so I'm not what, everything I ought to be, but I'm not what I used to be. Who's that testimony? That's mine. Amen? Because I know all of you have seen the miraculous in your own life. Amen. You've prayed the prayer of faith. Who's prayed the prayer of faith and seen the Lord do amazing things? Amen. Amen. So that's, that's awesome, right? Amen. The disciples, uh, uh, they saw miracle after miracle. Amen. And last, last time I talked about how many minimum miracles they saw. How many were there? One, two, three, four, five, six. Take a guess. It was more than five. How about that? Third, it was in the 30s. 38. Amen. 38. Almost 40, really. Amen. And when they, thought, when they saw Jesus do miraculous things, they marveled. Right? They were like, wow. Let's look at one of them. Matthew 21. Look at Matthew 21. One of the miracles that Jesus performed. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, um, verse 20. We'll start at 18. We can start at 18. Are you there? Okay. This is one of the miracles of Jesus. Starting at verse 18, it says, Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. Verse 19. 
Let's verse 19 say. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only. And he said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Verse 20. Okay, read verse 20, everybody, out loud, go. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? What does it mean, they marveled? Surprised, shocked, amazed, right? Because Jesus had just spoken to that tree that day. So they marveled, right? And they were, they were surprised and shocked and amazed, all right? So now they're marveling. Every time Jesus does something, it's like, wow, they're surprised. They're amazed. This is awesome. We, we, hooked, up with the right, we hooked up with the right leader. We hooked up with the right rabbi, amen? We're at the right place. And they kept marveling through all the things that Jesus did. So now they're marveling at the fig tree being withered and dried up. They marveled at his first miracle. Where were they at when the first miracle took place that they saw? At the wedding. What did he do at the wedding? Turn water into wine. Not 99 cent wine. Not cheap wine. Everybody at the wedding said, wow. This, at the, we're near the end of the party, and this is the best wine ever. Right? So they're marveling. They put water in, and wine came out. Marveling over and over and over again when Jesus did things. Amen? He healed the leper, and what did they do? They marveled. Amen? He calmed the storm, and what did they do? Marvel, over and over, shock and awe. Wow, amazing. Who is this guy? Raising people from the dead, and they're marveling, right? So they're seeing one after the other, after the other, after the other, over and over and over. And, and through that process, Jesus was trying to develop, number one, their faith, One time he sent them out by themselves to cast out devils. What happened? <laughs> they didn't cast out nothing, <laughs> right? They didn't cast out anything. There was a reason why they didn't cast out anything. They, went, they said, Jesus, how come we, didn't, we couldn't cast out the devil? And what did he say to them? This kind goeth not out but by what? Prayer and what? prayer and fasting. So what, did that, what was he trying to communicate to them about themselves, about their life? They were what? Slack. Say slack. <laughs> they were slack in what? 
in prayer, slack in what? Fasting. Why did he send them out to do a job if, if he hadn't told them how to be prepared for it? To teach them, right? They, so they learned. He told, he told them pray, he told them fast. Did they see him pray? Did they see him fast? Yes. But what did they do? They, they just were like, yeah, I'm hungry. You know what I'm saying? Brother got to eat. We, we walking everywhere all the time. I, I need me a little something, something. So, so they had a little something, something, you know, slept in. They didn't, even, they didn't get up early to pray. And now they're going out to cast out devils and uh, nothing happens. So, so he's trying to develop their faith. He's trying to develop their relationship with the Father and their prayer life and develop, help them to develop confidence in the Lord's willingness, his ability, and his love to do the greater works. Amen? So by his example of faith and relationship with the Father, he was trying to develop them into people of victory. People of what? Amen. Each victory experience that you have, God is building one upon another to develop victorious faith in you and move you from always high, low, up, down, believe, doubt, believe, fear, believe, don't believe. He's trying to move us. Say, I'm moving. I'm moving. It might not be lightning speed, but we're moving. Amen. 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 So he was, he's using those things. So we said that he used specific things, and that was it, to live victorious life. One was faith. Two was relationship with the Father. Three was prayer life. The Bible says men ought to sometimes pray. Doesn't it say that? What? The Bible says men ought to always pray and not, and not faint as the manner of some is. Amen. Say, I fainted a few times. <laughs> I prayed and I fainted. <laughs> Amen. Hey, but we're growing past that. Amen. Yes, we are. To God be the glory. So he, he was developing them in their faith, their relationship with the Father, their prayer lives, their confidence in God's ability, his willingness, and his love. And those were the only things that he used to get victory in his own life. He didn't use his supernatural power as a son of God. He used natural, he used the power given to us so that he got victory, we get victory using the same things. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So we have battles sometimes between the natural and the new and, and victorious living. We have battles between using our victorious faith and going into fear, doubt, and unbelief. And there will be battles. Jesus had them, we have them. Your mind will try to be in charge of your life. It, your mind will, anybody had a fight with their mind? Your mind tried to beat you down? Some, your mind will make you cry. 
and tell you so many lies and crazy things and put so many what ifs and tell you so many hard stories. Your mind will try to be in charge so that your faith is not working, your prayer life is not working, your relationship with the Lord is laid to the side, and your confidence in his ability goes low. So you got to cast those things down and keep getting better at speaking the word every day because your words are important. Expect victory because of his promise, even if it might take a long time. And that's where sometimes we're challenged when it takes a long time. Who's been expecting something for a long time? Expecting something for a long time. Well, the children of Israel were expecting a, save, a Messiah and a Savior for a long time. But he finally came. Amen. 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 And so if the Lord promises us something, the Bible says, though it tarry, wait for it. So what am I supposed to do while I'm waiting? Stay in faith. Stay in your tight relationship with the Father. Stay in your prayer life. Sometimes when we wait a long time, we quit praying. And what do people say? That prayer stuff don't work. The death of devil's lie. Amen? That is the devil's lie. And keep nonstop expectation of victory. Amen? Sometimes you got to cry because the victory ain't here today. But, but still expect. Amen? Who's had to cry and still expect? That, tea, that crying is good. It get, it get that heaviness off of you. Amen. Amen. That's how some people get crazy because they don't never cry. They don't never release all that, all that junk, all that doubt, all that unbelief, all that unforgiveness. Some people get unforg have unforgiveness toward God. Lord, I'm mad at you because you didn't come last Tuesday at 3 o'clock. I was expecting you at the meeting. You didn't come. His ways are higher. How many of you had the Lord disappoint you at a meeting because he didn't come, and when he came, you would turn your handsprings. He just did something so amazing, so wonderful, so supernatural. I have glory to God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So after Jesus uh, went to the cross, buried, resurrected, then what happened to the disciples after that? Were they the same? Did they make any kind of change? Mm hmm. They went fishing. I'm like, he gone now. I, I gotta do something. I don't know what to do. Three years in, in school of ministry with Jesus, he told them that he was going to be crucified. Didn't he tell them? He told them he was gonna rise again. Didn't he tell them? He told them. And what did they do? They're like, Bump this, you know, brother got to keep on, you got to keep on going. He gone now, so everybody went back to doing what they know to do. So the fishermen went back fishing, tax collectors went back to collecting taxes. Everybody went back to work. He told them, go to the upper room. Wait. Right? So they done gone fishing, and, and somebody come and say, I seen him. 
They're like, you lying. You just lying. They said, well, he said he was coming back. I saw him. Did they believe that? No. When did they believe it? When he came through the door and it was locked. Oh! Snap. <laughs> Hi, Jesus. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> now they're starting to get it, aren't they? Aren't they? And then the day of Pentecost came. And then the Holy Ghost came on them. And what happened after that? They turned into different people. They turned into people that they were not before. They turned into people who were full of faith, with a strong relationship with the Father, with a prayer life that worked, and confidence in God's abilities and his willingness and his love. Correct? So, so, so let's look quickly at Acts chapter 2. Because every time Jesus did something, they were marveling and marveling and wow and awesome. Acts chapter 2. And verse 7. Acts chapter 2, verse 7. Are you there? On the way? Okay. Everybody who has it, read. What? Read again, go. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? Before, every time Jesus did something, the disciples were marveling, being amazed, being shocked. In this passage, the people who are marveling and being shocked are not the disciples. These are the people who are around the disciples. These are the people, the community people, who are, be, who are marveling at who? They're marveling at the disciples. Why are they marveling at the disciples? Because something supernatural is happening. Something supernatural is happening among the disciples. And in this particular passage, what it's speaking about, you go back and read it, it's talking about when they began to speak with other tongues. Now all the people around them are marveling. Not the disciples marveling anymore. Now it's the people marveling at the disciples. Why are they marveling at them? Because something has happened. 
a shift has taken place. Go to Acts chapter 4. Something has taken place. They're not in an upper room hiding out now. They're not in an upper room scared that somebody gonna know that they were followers of Jesus. Are you at Acts chapter four, verse 13? Are you there? Chapter four, verse 13. Ready? Read. Okay, let's read it all together. Ready? Go again. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Now everybody's marveling at the disciples. Why? They took note of them that what? They had been with Jesus. Now they're, now they're performing signs, wonders, miracles. So what happened to, to the things that they, they were taught about how to live in victory? What did they do with those things? Kick them to the curb, throw them out? Now they started walking in those things. They started practicing that stuff every now and then or every day every day and now everybody who's around them is marveling at them because now they finally got it they finally caught the lesson that Jesus Jesus taught them for three years in ministry training school you get smart after you get out of school did you know that They're out of school now, and, and, and they remember, oh, what, what, what was that Jesus said to do? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, he said, uh, 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 pray. Oh, yeah. And what else was that that he said? He said, get a stronger relationship with the Father. And what else did he say? Exercise my faith. Jesus is not here, so what's going to happen when I speak? Now, the marveling is at them because they're walking in victory in their own lives. So the Lord was free to use them, and they were free to get the victory. Did people come against them now that they, now that they can do these things freely? People still came against them. Opposition still came into their lives. But were they moved by that? The scripture says, none of these things move me. 
Why? Because their pride is gone, their arrogance is gone, their laziness is gone, their slowfulness is gone, their, 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 their amazement is gone. Now they know that what Jesus had, they have it. And what Jesus had, you have it. What Jesus had, you have it. What Jesus did, you can do it. Using the same thing that he used. And what were the things that he used? Faith. What else? A strong relationship with the Father. What else? Prayer life. What else? Confidence in God's ability, his love, and his willingness to give us the kingdom. Amen? Amen. That's all Jesus had to, to, get, to live the victorious life. That's what we have to live the victorious life. Amen? So now when you pray, what happens when you pray? Somebody say, I pray. That's what happens. What happens when you pray? So I heard something about answers. We get answers. Who gets answers when they pray? Now when we pray, we get answers. Anybody got an answer to prayer? How many of you were a Christian before you came to the knowledge of the word and didn't get no answer? Before you had the knowledge of the word. <clears throat> Maybe I should say how many of you were churchgoers and didn't know the word so it didn't work for you? But now it works for you, doesn't it? Amen? Because you have a prayer life. Amen? And remember that your prayer life is more than one way. Prayer life means talking to God. And what else does it mean? Listening. 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 Amen? Because, can you, because, because we can't do anything of ourselves, right? Jesus said... Uh, the Father in me, he doeth the work. So the Father in us is doing the work. What are we doing by prayer? Connecting to the Father in us. Amen. Jesus said, I do nothing of myself. So by prayer, we're connecting. So we're talking to God, but we should be listening. Say listening. Listening. Amen. So sometimes we pray, and then we just start looking. I pray, so now where is it? I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm expecting. It's 12 o'clock. I'm going to check again at 3. Is it here yet? Okay? So praying is, is not just praying and looking. It's pray and listen. So how do you listen? What do you listen to? What are you listening for? What are you listening for? Should be listening for what the Lord will say. So where's the first place the Lord's going to speak to you? His word. He's going to speak to you out of his word. So how many of you have any word on the inside of you? 
two hands, three, <laughs> four. Amen. He's going to speak to he's going to speak to you out of his word. Meaning what? If you hear something and it's from God, it's going to agree with what his word says. Amen. If you're praying to, to the Lord and saying, Lord, so-and-so is bothering me. I need you to do something about that. I need you to do something about that. And then after you pray, you hear, go cut them. <laughs> that's not God. <laughs> right? That's, that's not him. So if he's going to speak to you, he, what is, if you hear something, it needs to agree with his written word, which means what you got to know what the written word says. Amen? Amen. So after you pray to the Lord about something, and, and maybe you spend time before the Lord in prayer, and then afterwards you, may, you have a mo moments to spend in silence before the Lord, he may speak to you in that moment. He speaks to you in that moment. It's going to be something that agrees with his word. He's not going to say, go cuss your sister out. He's not going to tell you to do that. He's going to say, let your words be seasoned with salt, always with grace. That's what he's going to say. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so when you're listening, you're listening for something that agrees with the written word, which means you've got to know what the written word says. How many of you read the Bible? More than once a week, hallelujah, at church. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So you got to be listening for his what he might say to you that's in agreement with the word. Amen. Verse, John chapter 10, verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. What does that mean? You will hear the voice of the Lord. Say, I will hear the voice of the Lord. Because he said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So you will hear his voice. Somebody said, well, I ain't heard his voice in a long time. I've been, I've been straining my ear. I sit there in, in the quiet till I fell asleep. I ain't hear nothing. So what do you do when you sit there and you don't hear nothing? If your time is up, get up. Because still expecting to hear, still expecting to hear. You may hear in the preached word. In the preached word, the Lord may speak to you. Anybody had the Lord speak to you through the preached word? Amen. What you were asking the Lord for in prayer, he spoke, he spoke to you through the preached word, and the preacher didn't even know it. He didn't even know. We have people be mad at us because they're like, That's why, how, come you, how come you telling all my business to the church? You ain't tell your business to nobody. The Lord is speaking to you out of his word. That's what this word that's delivered back right here, that's what it's for, for you to hear from him. Because sometimes when you're developing and growing, it's hard to hear by yourself on your own. Amen. You get tired of sitting there in the quiet like, man, I got to go. Amen. Until you get developed. So, so that's the value of the preached word. Amen. So, so, so you're missing something if you're not here for the preached word. Because the Bible says, how shall they hear without a preacher? Amen. 
So do we have preacher here? Yes. So you should come and get the word here. Yes, right. So if you if you are, if you were praying all week and you ain't hearing nothing and you ain't getting nothing, you you should be on fire to get here. Say, Lord, please, I need to hear from you. Amen. Speak to me. Amen. How many of you ever come here and said that to the Lord and the Lord did speak to you? And Pastor didn't know nothing about it. I didn't know nothing about it. Ain't nobody know but God. That's called relationship. Who's got a relationship with God like that? He will speak to you. Amen. Uh, he'll speak to you from the written word. He'll speak to you from the preached word. That's why he says, forsake not yourselves the gathering together and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Why? Because you need the word in your life. Amen. You can read it and you can hear it so that he can manifest it in your life. Amen. How many, have, sometimes the Lord speaks to you, so you need to be listening for his still, small voice. Still, small voice. Say still, small voice. When do you hear that? Hmm? You can hear it anytime. You can hear it in the middle of a meeting. You can hear his still, small voice in the middle of a conversation. You can hear his still, small voice in the middle of a confrontation. You ever been in a confrontation and heard the Lord tell you what to say? You ever been in a confrontation, heard the Lord tell you, don't say that? <laughs> Who's heard that? That means you have relationship with him. You're hearing his voice. You're listening for it. You need to be listening for his voice all the time. When? All the time. He will speak to you through circumstances and situations and events. Somebody's had the experience of seeing the Lord work out a situation and you're, it's like you're watching a movie and the thing is working out and playing out and you're like, oh my God, now I know what to do. Or now I know what to say. Anybody had a situation, you're watching it, you're seeing it play out like a movie and in the middle of it, you're saying to the Lord, I got it. I, I hear you. Anybody ever heard the Lord in a situation that you've been in? That's relationship. That's him loving on you. That's him connecting with you. That's him honoring your confidence that he will speak to you and you will hear him. If you're always listening. He will speak to you through the gifts of the Spirit. How many have heard the Lord speak to you by a prophet? A word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, by sign, by one. You've heard the Lord speak to you. How many have ever been amazed by a word of knowledge that the Lord released into your life? That's called relationship. So, what do we do in, the, in this life of victory? Set yourself to hear. 
There's a lot of praying going on. We have 8 a.m. prayer now every Sunday morning. There's lots of prayer going on. But we're setting ourselves to hear. Who needs to hear something from the Lord? I need to hear something from the Lord that's on my heart, that's on my mind, who's got a question mark in their brain about some things, and you need to hear from the Lord. Somebody said, I got a, I got a head full of question marks. <laughs> uh, you need to crank up your hearing and listen to the Lord and all the different ways that he might speak to you. And what are some of those ways? Through the written word, the preached word, through the still small voice, through circumstance and situations, through the moving of the gifts of the spirit, he will speak to you. Did he speak to Jesus? He spoke to Jesus in prayer and in work. When, was, when did Jesus go to work? Every day. Wake up. Every day Jesus went to work. <laughs> he went to work every day. And what was his work? Ministering to the people, running his school of ministry, teaching the knucklehead disciples. Amen. Doing the best they could until they finally got it. And so the father was speaking to him every day, even as he went to work. So that when he encountered every person that had a need, he was equipped. Did he have the same answer for every person? No, he didn't have the same answer for every person. Did he have the same response to every person? No, he didn't have the same response. So how did he know how to respond to every person, answer every person, meet every need? How did he know? He was listening for the fathers to speak to him and tell him what to do for each and every person. Correct? So, so that's the place he's calling us to now. Listen. You have faith. Amen? Who ha we have faith. Don't we have faith? We're faith people. This is a faith church. Amen. We have faith. We have a relationship with the Father if we're Christians, right? We have a prayer life. We pray every day. Amen. Even if you, even if you don't have your time by his, alone, whatever, before you go to bed, I'll say, oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus, and then you fall asleep. You pray every day. You're growing. We're growing. Amen. You do have some confidence in the Lord because you've seen him do some amazing things. Amen. Amen. Take it up, take it up a notch. Listen, because now he's going to speak to you, not just for you. Because when Jesus went to work every day, he wasn't listening for himself. He was listening for how could he be a blessing to others. And tailor make, tailor make his response to every person just for that person. Amen? So that that person could get victory in their lives. Who will you help getting victory? Listen. For you and listen 
so that you can be the blessing to others. When somebody calls you on the phone, don't just listen to them, listen to him. So you'll know what to say and what not to say. Amen. When you get some when when, when you're texting with somebody, don't just be quick with your little thumbs to text something back. Listen for what the Lord will say. Amen. When you're in, when in a class and you don't know what to do and the information is way over your head and you swamp and swimming in it, listen. He'll tell you what to do, who to connect with, who to disconnect from. Amen. Who to seek after, who to leave alone. If you're listening. Anybody listen in a test at school? You know Pastor's famous story from Duke, right? Amen. Y'all know that story, right? Amen. Going to take the exam and, and don't know, and, and they gave him four questions and you had to study four years to be able to answer each question. Had to read 40 books to answer each question. Don't know which one, and the teacher don't tell you which one it's going to be. Right? And your head is so full, it's swimming. Amen. You sleeping on by, I was trying to get more of it to go in you. And don't nobody know which one it's going to be. So he went to the study group, and they're all studying, and they got big old books stacked up at the library. Whatever it was at Perkins Library, whatever the name, in the, they all in the library study, looking at each other, wondering we, we, if we just knew which one. We just knew we this is too much. We 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 got to well, we got to get out of this class because we can't take Old Testament over again. We ain't huh? No, we ain't doing that. So everybody was wondering. Everybody was wondering. Now, now this is ministry training school, right? Class full of seminarians, amen, at the hotshot Duke University, amen. You got to carry a brain and a sling to go there. But don't nobody know <laughs> what's going to happen, what, what's the question going to be. So pastor said, well, well we're going to pray. And the seminarian was like, yeah, man, we're going to pray. All right, then, we're going to pray. So they prayed. And after we prayed, they were like, well, do we know what to do now? They're looking at each other with that look like, no, we don't know. The pastor said, the Lord told me it's going to be question number four. How did he get to that? Hmm? Relationship. Listening, faith, prayer, confidence in God's ability, his love, and his willingness to release the information. So the other ministry training students, just like the 12 disciples, they were like, are you sure? Because I ain't hear nothing, man. I ain't hear nothing. He said, I'm telling you, it's number four. They said, all right, then. It's going to be on you, Lily, if we, if we, if we don't have the right if, if question ain't number four. He said, I'm telling you, it's number four. So they studied number four. Why did they study number four? Because of relationship 
with him because of how he was functioning. People will listen to you because of how you're functioning, how you're living, how, how your prayer life is manifesting. So they listened and they studied question number four and they maxed out, they knew every, they knew four coming and going, they knew four backwards and forwards. They had all their references, they knew Josephus and all whoever the people were they supposed to be studying and all, this, all that stuff, they knew it. They went to the test. They passed out all the blue books. They all quaking, quaking and shaking until the, until the professor goes to the board and puts on the, on the chalkboard, takes a, picks up the chalk, he puts a great big number four on the chalkboard and then they had church in the classroom. They was dancing and shouting and hollering. The professor, who don't know the Holy Ghost, then he was looking at them like they were stone crazy. But they were rejoicing. Amen. They had the victory. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And our faith lifestyle, it's not a word, it's a lifestyle. It's a way of getting the victory. Amen? It's lifestyle. It's active faith by relationship with Jesus Christ. Right? Amen? Amen. It's prayer life. It's a close relationship with the Father. Amen? And it's confidence. And, with, and, and it's, don't forget, leave out, Listening, listening. This is the week for listening. Amen? Let's bring up the listening this week. You say, well, I, it's quiet, but I'll never hear nothing. Well, listen in more than one way. Listen when you read the Bible. Listen when the preached word is coming. Amen? If you don't hear nothing, turn on the podcast. And let the Lord speak to you. Amen? Go to the website. Pull up a video, watch it, let the Lord speak to you. Pay attention to your circumstance, situation. Let the Lord speak to you. Turn up your listening. Say, this is the victory. Say, this is my victory. Faith. Amen. This is the victory, even our faith. Amen? Amen. To God be the glory for his word today. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah.